the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Impulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good evening, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you from Recovery Radio Houston. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B., and with our special guest this evening, Mr. Tommy Thompson, the CEO of The Open Door. We're so honored to have him here, and, and we're, just, we're just so excited to be here for another program and uh, doing everything we can to advance the kingdom of God. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Oh, once I got my head fe- headset fixed, I'll be fine, but I'm good, Pastor. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You know, Jesus offers hope to the brokenhearted, and specifically those that are under the bondage of addiction. And God does want you to know that he wants you to walk out of the darkness and into the light. So we're so excited to have Tommy Thompson here, and he's just such a doing such wonderful work there at the Open Door Mission. The Open Door serves homeless men who suffer from addiction and or mental illness. It is a unique, holistic program. I've known people that have gone through it. I've seen the evidence. It transforms men's lives, and we are proud and honored to have Tommy with us tonight. If you want to join the program, you can call 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. Call in with your questions for one of us or for Tommy. Uh, And with your comments, you can also follow us on our Facebook page at Recovery Radio Houston. So let's get going. Let's open in prayer. Father God, we just come to you tonight, Father. We just, uh, you are so magnificent. You are so wonderful, Father. And we just are so thankful for your grace and your forgiveness. Tonight, Father God, our our land needs healing. It needs healing from the virus that has swept through the country. Father, it needs healing from the division in our country. It needs healing from the senseless violence that's going on. Father, we ask that you soften people's hearts out there and show them that the way to change things is through love and through us doing the best we can to demonstrate your love through us. Father God, heal our nation. Give our leaders godly wisdom as they try to deal with these challenges and and give us peace in our land. Bring us together. Stop all this division. It's okay to have differences, but this division, divisiveness that we find ourselves in, that's not godly, Father. Return us to a godly nation. And Father God, we want to reach out and we hope that, that 
the voices that hear us tonight are open to hear what what your word, and they're open for healing, Father God. And we just uh, pray all these things in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's get going. You know, um, if you or someone you care about is suffering under the bondage of, of addiction, uh, there is one that can set you free, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he wants you to know that that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter where you find yourself, if you give your heart to him, he's going to forgive you. He loves you already. He loves you right now. And as our guest tonight is going to prove, there is hope. No matter where you find yourself, no matter where you find yourself, there's hope with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Tommy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be uh, able to be in the studio and not just calling in. So. Well, it's it's wonderful to have you here. And, and you look different in person. <laughs> <laughs> you think? You're looking good, Tommy. Uh, you know, we, we've we've had you on the show before, and um, you know, I when we think about who's out there listening, um, you you your ministry is is to homeless men, right? And there's probably not a lot of them out there with radios listening. There may be, there may be some, but there are a lot of family members. There are a lot of loved ones who care about them, and there are a lot of people that need to know about the good work you guys are doing open, at the Open Door Mission, and so that they have hope. We've talked the last couple of shows about collateral damage, and a lot of you know addiction isn't just about the person that's suffering. It's about the family members, people that love them, people that work with them, people that care about them that get affected. So. I just want to commend you, but let's 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 go through. Uh, we, it's been a while since you've been on. I was looking back; it, it may have been six weeks or more. So, I want let's let our our listeners hear a little bit about you. Tell us tell us about your early life. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Chicago and uh, lived there and uh, through high school. Uh, the uh, yeah, what, what happened to me early in my uh, my time uh, when I was age thirteen. Uh, I was a real problem in my house, and uh, uh, my family, uh, my parents uh, said, hey, we don't know how to handle this young man. And uh, so at age 13, they sent me off to boarding school in Connecticut. And uh, that was uh, really where I think I realized that uh, rejection and abandonment was uh, the story that uh, really began at that point, that... uh, Hey, if my parents don't want me, you know, who does? And for me to be sent away like this um, was quite a uh, quite a change for me. Uh, yeah, it was a problem, and I know I deserve to be uh, dealt with in a different way, but uh, to be sent away like this was... Uh, uh, was very difficult for me to uh, to deal with and uh, I, I mean I still have this so as I went through my um, my drinking days uh, the um, anytime I would think about or experience rejection and abandonment I'd go back to that same old time and uh, that's the story I would always be telling myself that uh, reminding myself that hey loved ones really don't love me and um so i would use and uh you know as I always say that uh, god never wastes a pain and um as it turns out out of your greatest pain can come your greatest ministry mm. so here's the jump that i made from that to sobriety in 1988 
uh, realizing that it was Jesus Christ in 1993. Took, it took me uh, five years to realize that it was Jesus Christ who saved me. And uh, I said, okay, in 1993, that uh, if he was the one that who saved me, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, dedicate the rest of my life to working with men that, with the same type of disease uh, that I had. So, Amen. Yeah. So what's your sobriety date? Yeah, it's uh, June the 8th, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, 1988, so uh, it's coming right up uh, uh, next week. Wow, so how many years is that? It'd be 32. I used to be able to do math quick <laughs> in my head, but that was, that was before I became yeah. a lawyer, but yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah so uh, anyway, well, that's, you know, Tommy, that's, that's just so true because, you know, the guest we had last week, Pastor Robert Dubois, uh, his mother died in childbirth, and then his father sent him off into foster homes and all that kind of stuff. People don't realize that, you know, we don't start out wanting to be an addict. You know, we don't wake up one day and say, hey, I think, I think I'm going to become addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. But it's it's these bumps along the road. Jesus said we'll always have trials and tribulations in this life. And it's yeah. these bumps along the road. And part of the recovery process is realizing what is the root of that, just as you've described. Yeah, and when we do our fourth step at the mission, uh, which we're going to be doing another fourth step uh, at the end of this month, uh, we really spend time uh, having the men go back to their early childhood days. So we, we do a timeline. We divide uh, our lives up from uh, birth date to uh, age five and then five to 12 and uh, write about every person that was in your life during those years and write something about them, positive uh, as well as negative. And it usually turns out that uh, a man will come up to me during the uh, during the the uh, four step day and uh, say, Tommy, I'm going to tell you something that I've never said to anybody else, anybody before. Wow! And uh, that's when I put my seatbelt on. Yeah, yeah. And you've heard, I'm sure, some stories over the year. You know, um, if you don't mind, real quick, tell us before you went into full time ministry. What what did you do? What kind of career did you? Yeah, have? yeah. So I was in the. Uh, I was in the uh, logistics business, uh, moving oil, chemicals, food products, liquids. Uh, first, it was ra- railroad tank cars. We would uh, I, I worked for a company that uh, leased railroad cars, and um, at each end of a railroad car's movement is a tank. And I eventually got into the tank business and um, worked for the uh, largest terminaling company in the world, uh, based out of Rotterdam for a number of years, and then a number of us from that company left and uh, built a terminal down in the Caribbean. So I went from working to, for the largest terminaling company in the world to the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> but and, you were your own boss. <laughs> I was my own boss, and then we built it to be the fifth largest uh, independent terminaling company in the world. Wow. Yeah. So what what kind of timeline are we looking at then? Yeah, so that was in uh, early 80s. Uh, in 19, I guess it was 82 to 2002, those 20 years was uh, it, on my own, uh, you know, with my partners uh, in that business. So you were a functioning alcoholic there for, for, for many years. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, what we know is that addiction get, is progressive. And there are so many of us out there that are functioning. You know, I was a functioning lawyer uh, addict for, for many years. Uh, 
And, you know, if you're out there and you think that that's going to be okay for the rest of your life, it's not. It's eventually going to end up, you're going to end up losing. If you don't get sober, if you don't find Jesus, if you don't get sober, you're going to lose your business. You're going to lose whatever. But but 1988, you got sober. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it was that uh, June the 8th morning, and um, i just come back from a— uh, a trip uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, I, my one of my jobs was uh, uh, going to all the cruise ships in uh, St. Thomas and uh, selling what they call bunker fuel to those ships. And uh, so you can imagine what it's like with the uh, uh, master and the chief engineer. Uh, I'd have meals with them, and they were pretty good partiers too. I so yeah. we had a really good time together. It was. A lot of Norwegians, especially. And, um, yeah, so I came back from that trip. Uh, I was turning it over to an, another uh, fellow because I was gonna, I was becoming the executive vice president. And, um, the, um, you know, my heart just wasn't in turning it over. It was pretty glamorous uh, being on those cruise ships all the time. But... Um, Came home. I was a mess. I woke up that next morning like a pile of dirty laundry in my bed. And uh, my wife had told me the night before that, uh, hey, this is uh, uh, this is uh, got to end. And, um, you know, I've had it with uh, with you with this. And um, so that's, you know, how it usually happens. You get that two by four across the forehead. And I said to myself, I said, I got to do something. Thank God for wives. I think all three of us have that in common. At one point, our yeah. wife said, this is enough, you know, yeah. Yeah. this is enough. So, and for godly wives, amen. Uh-huh. So um, that was 88, and then then 93, something changed again. Yeah, so so what happened was uh, in 88, um, uh, that morning, I said to myself, um, okay, how am I going to do this? I had no clue. And, uh, you know, you kind of get to that point of desperation where, uh, you know, you don't know what you have until you realize that it's God that's got to come into the picture. So I I asked Jesus to come into my life and save me from this insidious disease. I had no relationship with Jesus. I had no idea why that came to me or how it came to me, but... Uh, it did, and I, I forgot about it, and uh, forgot about it for five years, and then I went on to on a, a walk to Emmaus uh, spiritual retreat, and uh, while I was on that retreat on a Saturday night, uh, after all the activities were over for the day, the pastor said, if anybody would like to stay up and talk, I'm here for you for as late as you want to stay up. So I waited for all the other guys to go through that, uh, talking to them. And so I was the last one, and I kept saying, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. But I did. And I told them, uh, I said, why am I fighting this every single day? For five years, I'd wake up. I'd say, today I'm using, today I'm using, today I'm using. Yet I didn't. And um, that day, uh, that night, talking to him, he said, well, tell me about you know, how you decided to give it up. And so I went through the same story I just gave. And uh, he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You you asked Jesus to come into your life? And I said, yeah. I said, I had no idea where it came from. You know, I kind of blew it off and all that. And he says, no, 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 no. He says, he did. Amen. He did come into oh, your life. And I just said, I said, wow. 
and Isn't that uh, amazing? just blew me away. All yeah, you have you to know. do is ask. Yeah. And then everything <laughs> changed. Exactly you know, we're right. going to take a real quick call because this lady called in last week asking for prayer, and we didn't get to her. And so let's 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 hear a prayer request real quick. Uh, hello, Mrs. Gross. Good evening, guys. Hey, hey Miss Gross. Is it Gross um, or Groves? Oh, Gross. Yeah, it's Groves, isn't it? Gross. G-R-O-S-S, Gross. Oh, I've been right. saying we, it wrong all these weeks. Me, me too. <laughs> so okay. what, what, how can we pray well, for you tonight? It's without deduction. <laughs> how can we pray for you tonight? Uh, no, um, on a serious note, um, I just found out some disturbing news. Um, my mom, after 25 years, she she used crack for 25 years, and um, uh, this week I found out that she's back using again, and I knew something was wrong because she's kept her distance from everyone and she stopped calling her grandchildren and and her money was just gone. My brother called me, he says, sis, and I even talked to my my younger sister, the mean, she said, um, mom's back using again. And I'm like, oh, no, because her life is deteriorating. She's got COPD, um, she's got um, a lot of lung and heart problems and... Well, let, I just let, need some prayer for her yeah. and my father-in-law. And we're going to pray for your husband, too. Tony, you mind leading us in prayer? Well, what's her father-in-law? What's going on? Uh, my father-in-law, his name is David Mitchell Gross. And my mother's name is Janice Cooper. Okay, I just didn't catch what we were praying for your father-in-law for. Um, he's he's on drugs right now, too, also. It's praying for sobriety. My husband's father, and Jesus he's also out there on drugs. Both of them are lost, and I just want oh. prayer for both of them. Right. Is your first name Holly? I forgot. It's Lisa. Lisa, okay. Oh, Father God, we we lift Lisa up to you tonight. We lift her up to you and what she's struggling with, with her family members, her her mother and her father-in-law, both dealing in the bondage of addiction. Um, Father, we lift Lisa up because we know through our own experiences and, and troubled times how confusing and hurt it is for the people that are collaterally damaged by our addictions and our diseases. And Father, um, we lift her up in a special way tonight because she's such a faithful and, and loyal woman, not just to her family, but also her husband, who's probably listening right now. And we lift all of them up together so that uh, we can have a miracle of healing, Father, a miracle, yes, a loss of pain and a loss of hurt. Um, Thank you, Father. We pray that they come to you, that they come to you, Father, as the, as the ultimate answer, so they don't need to reach out for the drugs and the, and the stuff that they uh, run to right now, so they can find their their lasting loving peace with you because we know that you're the answer. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you, Tony. Thank yeah. you for calling, Miss Gross. Thank and we'll, we'll keep him in our you. prayer and we'll keep your husband in our prayer. I love you. I know you're listening. He's I love in, you. He's in prison right now and the guys are listening to us in prison. Thank you for calling. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. Okay. Good night. You know, I think it's very interesting, too, you, uh, the five-year gap, for lack of a better word, you were talking about. I think that's a wonderful testimony for the guys like her husband that are listening to us in prison right now that... Just because uh, you may be locked up right now doesn't mean that if, uh, you can't ask Jesus to come into your life right now. Oh, amen. And that he won't start building something for you without you even realizing that you asked him to do it. You know? how, did, how did that change your life, that conversation you had with, with, with that minister that day? It was huge. It was uh it was uh it really w- uh you know set me on to a new path. Uh the, the best thing was the uh, walk to Emmaus weekend. Uh there are a lot of different uh, similar types of uh, spiritual um, events that go on all over the country, all over the world. 
And one of them uh, is Kairos Prison Ministry, which is an offshoot of Curcio. It's they're all all of this comes under uh, the Catholic uh, beginning uh, of this back in the fifties, I guess it was called Curcio. So um, uh, when I uh, when I went on the weekend, they encourage people to the men that uh, finish that weekend to uh, offer to be on a team. Uh, in the future, so I went on uh, one next another weekend, and of course my job was uh, cleaning toilets and uh, you know making sure all the, the uh, agape was uh, passed around. But uh, uh, I met a couple of men that um, that uh, were involved in Kairos, and uh, they encouraged me to go on a Kairos prison ministry weekend. So I did that for five years and. Um, when you make a commitment to do a weekend uh, in the prison, uh, you also commit to doing one Sunday a month to go in so that you establish a relationship with the inmates, right. uh, the other brothers that are uh, in the, that have been in the program. It was a maximum security prison. Wow. And, um, and so these men aren't getting out. Uh, so, uh, they need hope. They, they need do. to, you know, it's just nothing but a nihilistic atmosphere in there. And um, so we were very effective. I, w- I was on their walk number five, and I did, I think I did five. I, I, so I went through, I, I, I skipped one. I think I ended up, the last one I did was uh, number 12. But I got to know a number of the uh, inmates, and uh, we really had a, a really good bond. And we heard, uh, we hear constantly about the, uh, the men in those cell blocks would uh, create Bible studies, and uh, you know, it just Praise brings Lord. a whole you know Hallelujah. brings Jesus into the prison. And, and Jesus uh, talked about prisons. Absolutely, and prisoners. Yeah. absolutely, yes, he did. Yeah, Matthew he's got 25. a heart for you. If you're out there in prison right now, Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine, and you can have a transformation right there. So, so. Um, tell us yeah, so then, so then I, uh, I was actually living in South Florida at that time, uh, moved from Houston to South Florida uh, with the business. And then when we sold the business to Valero in 2002, um, I moved back to Houston, um, the family, because my wife was born here and all my children were born here. And um, she wanted them to grow up here, not in Fort Lauderdale or Miami, uh, the two places we'd lived before that. So uh, when I came back here, I got involved in Walk to Emmaus again. And uh, the last walk I did was in 2013, and I was the lay director. So I think I've done 15 weekends, uh, you know, over those uh, 20, uh, 25 years. I, I haven't done one since, but I brought some of Walk to Emmaus to the mission. And so how did you get, you know, that's, it's interesting, yeah. the, the, the evolution of ministry, you know, that have happened in both Tony and I's lives as well. And so how did you get introduced to the mission? Yeah, so I, um, I was at church one Sunday back in uh, 09 uh, at First Pres, and um, I was looking in the bulletin, and there was a um, a uh, uh, kind of an ad for they they were starting a um, to put together their outreach ministry their local outreach ministry and it was uh, under uh, <clears throat> an organization called Main Street Ministries and they were looking for the first executive director and it was to serve the homeless serve the uh, ex offenders and uh, I said 
oh my gosh, this is perfect. Uh, you know, with my business background, my uh, spiritual background, and working uh, with prison uh, ministry, it, it all just in. all fit. Yeah. And so, of course, they hired me, and uh, so I worked there for four years. While I was there, we would uh, see a lot of men that would come into the uh, into Main Street Ministries. Operation ID is part of Main Street Ministries. Uh, they would come in, look, you know, trying to get a photo ID. And um, so I would talk to them, and I sent a lot of the men to Open Door Mission, and that was my introduction to it. Then there was a uh, board member of Open Door who also went to First Presbyterian, and uh, uh, he said, hey, I want you to come over and meet a couple of the board members. And this was in uh, uh, 13. This is in 2013. And so I went... uh, went over there and they said, hey, we want you to come to work over here. And I said, no, I, I said, I'm good. I'm good. I like where I am at First Pres. Well, six months later, I found myself at Open Door. <laughs> they didn't give up on you, huh? They didn't give up. And I'm glad they didn't because I've been there now for, this is my seventh year. And and, and uh, you were the CEO? Is that your... your yeah, your, your, yeah. So, you run the place, in other words, yeah. No, no, God runs the well, place. Amen. I, I work for God totally. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me, bro. No, it's, so uh, I, find it, I find it amazing, and I'm going to parallel here if I'm correct, because maybe I missed something, but you've never been in jail. You've never been homeless. Oh, no. So... Looking from the outside, I'm pretending I'm the, I'm the guy on the outside here. I'm the guy listening and driving the truck down uh, I-10 now. And, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a pretty successful guy, smart, intelligent, cultured. How does he wind up helping homeless guys? And I wager to say that those five years you were in between figuring out your place with the Lord, that God was already chiseling your heart to open it up to that. Amen. Isn't it amazing how he works? He puts, He makes our steps for us. I mean, am I right? Am I close? Am I accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, uh, you know, it, it's really funny because as a kid, I used to love watching prison movies. You know, mm. these are all black and white movies and all that. And right. when I was 12, I was a den chief for Cub Scout Troop. And uh, the, the, the mother, the, uh, the den mother, her husband was the governor of Illinois, and uh, Otto most Kirk, of them go to prison. Otto <laughs> Kern, and, 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 and he did. Spoken and from he, a lawyer. And, and he did. But, but while he was, while I was the den chief, um, he said, "I want to take you boys to the Cook County Jail." Okay. And he took us to the Cook County Jail, and I can still to this time. Well, I was like eleven or twelve at that age. At that point, that'll make a mark on you. And that it did. Yeah. I mean, I can remember the you know it was the old time jail too. This and, <clears throat> and Cook County Jail is one of the worst. I'm mean, of course yeah. it's closed down now, but uh, uh, it you know you heard those cha- those doors clang mm-hmm. shut, and uh, I remember seeing a man in one of those cells, and um, and I, I can still remember that uh, image of him in there. And I just watch all these, you know, crazy movies. You know, people. Well, God, was, God was playing the he, scene. He, he absolutely. He, he uses everything. Even when you, hey, before we go to the break here at the at the bottom of the hour, there may be some listeners out there that don't know what the Open Door Mission is. Give us a synopsis, a couple of minutes synopsis right. of what the Open Door Mission is and what kind of work you do there. Yeah, so the mission is uh, was established in 1954 as a homeless shelter and a soup kitchen in downtown Houston on Franklin Street. In uh, 1966, the uh, Sterling Turner Foundation gave us the uh, old uh, Fullerton Elementary School, and so it moved out there in 1966. Still, it was a uh, homeless shelter and soup kitchen. 
uh, in the 90s, uh, it changed uh, to have a program for substance abuse and uh, also a convalescent care center uh, for homeless men that were going into Ben Taub or LBJ Hospital for an accident, injury, illness, or a surgery. You know, where do they go when they come out? You know, they're still homeless, right? Right. So the mission would take them. And uh, we would uh, we have uh, 28 beds for uh, for those men, but due to COVID right now, I have nine of those beds in Harris Health Service for COVID isolation patients, and 19 beds for the Harris Center uh, for mental health uh, patients, and then I have nine more beds for Harris Center and one of our other dormitories. We have a total of 175 beds. Uh, it's a seven to ten month program uh, that uh, includes uh, smart recovery. Um, it, it includes heavily spiritual program. It includes uh, social services. So you know men that don't have uh, you know have issues with medical, dental, legal, child support, taxes, things like that that they've been avoiding, of course, for all these years in their in their mess. Uh, you know we don't want them to go out after they've been with us and still have to face those things. So our social services department takes care of that. Then we have academic education, which is a huge part of our program to get a GED or a high set, uh, high school equivalency. Uh, we really, really push our education. And uh, then we have employment, career guidance, uh, and, uh, and transitional living. So men that... Uh, graduate the program, uh, can continue to live with us. They pay us uh, $100 a week rent. Um, and with that $100 a week, you know, where else can you live inside Loop 610 for $400 a month and get food, clothing, and shelter? No kidding. And so, church at 6 a.m. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Church at 6 a.m. and the number one principle of Jesus. <laughs> Every day. We're going to walk back through each of those programs again when we come back. Because, folks, this is, this is amazing. Uh, this this mission is, is taking homeless men and it is is transforming their lives, and it just demonstrates that there's always hope. Never give up. There's always hope because because of one thing, because of God. If you want to join the program, you can join us at one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. All right, it's so Recovery Radio Houston coming back to you in three minutes. Stay right where you are.
You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen. Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston. We are here with our friend, uh, the friend of the program, and just a great brother in Christ. Uh, Tommy Thompson, who's they're just doing such wonderful work over at the Open Door Mission, and we're just proud and honored to have him here with us. And we just uh, went through some, I learned some stu- new stuff about my brother just in that interview. But in three we, minutes, we, we've, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, we've we've got a call. We'll, we're going to get back to our questions with Tommy, but some we got a caller who has some couple questions for him. Jerry, welcome. You are on Recovery Radio Houston. How are you tonight, sir? I'm fine. Uh, tell tell us what you got uh, about. Uh, to, to ask Tommy. Well, I'm, I heard him say something about uh, four steps or four. Um, the fourth step. Four part, four, fourth steps. That's the fourth like out of the 12. Now. Yeah, in, in fact, we were just talking about that at the at the break. You got your radio on, Jerry. You got to turn your radio off. Yeah, you got to turn your radio off. Well, I sound kind of spooky. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tommy... Uh, is has been you know one of the things we do in the 12 steps is is that we really engage in self-examination and and why we got there and uh you know which is which is a biblical thing you should always look at yourself and introspectively and and figure out what's going on and ask god to help you with it so uh tommy if you show for the camera this is an outline of uh that's over there an outline of the fourth step and the way tommy does it is he he divides his anyway. Tommy, you tell not me. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the fourth step is um, uh, what everybody considers to be the hard one. Uh, you know, although they all are hard, uh, but the fourth yeah. step is where you do your personal uh, moral inventory and uh, and you really, really, really dig into you know what it is that uh, uh, that causes you to uh, to to use and it needs to be done. Very seriously. Uh, a lot of people, I ask guys when they first come to the mission, I said, how many of you guys have ever done a four-step? And I, a lot of guys will raise their hands. And I'll say, how many yeah. of you guys have really done your four-step? And what what the four-step does, the way we do it at the mission, is we take a timeline. And uh, if you, I don't know if you can see this if you're watching on Facebook, but um, you know this is what mine looks like. It, it's a timeline from the day I was born till today and i break it up into different uh uh benchmarks you know things that happened to me in my life you know and right. um i start with uh, zero to five and then five to twelve with the men at the mission because i usually find that um uh, the trauma that took place in a man's life usually happens uh in those early years and yeah. um and 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 that's why we want to break it down. So we in our four step, we really only hit uh, zero to five, and some of the guys actually get to age twelve. Um, we do it twice for every man while he's in the mission. As I said, the next one's going to be on June the twenty first, and uh, we spend all day on Saturday. We start Friday night with um, uh, reviewing steps one, two, and three, and uh, and then get into step four. I see. It's uh, yeah, but it's really, really, really digging. You have to be so honest and uh, thorough 
And so right. one, one day you can't do it. So in one day you kind of get the hang of it, and then you take the rest of your life building on your four-step. And to this day, I continue to build on my four-step. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've got to realize the root of, of what separated us from God, essentially, because, you know, people don't decide, hey, I want to be an addict or, hey, I want to be homeless. I mean, the men that come in, they're broken, you know, and, and but but something's in their heart that's, that they, they get some hope that there's, God loves them. And, and you're there as a servant of God showing that, that you're loving on them. Everybody there at the mission is loving on them. Somebody cares about them. And, I mean, and that turns the corner. But you still got to go back and dig deep well, and figure out why you got you, there. You also have to realize, too, that it's called an inventory for a reason. And that every successful business, retail, <laughs> grocery, whatever, has to go through and do inventory and the stuff they need to get rid of that ain't selling no more. <laughs> and uh, the way we do that, the way I was taught and the way I teach it is that you need to go back and see what's spoiled, see what's rotten, see what needs to be gotten rid of. And, and God's going to do that for you if you allow him to. Yeah. We write it down so that we don't lie to ourselves. Because once we get it down honestly in front of ourselves, we can't, we can't deny it anymore. Can't run from it. You know? <laughs> so. In, in addition to the way we do the timeline, we then have worksheets that we uh, that AA has come up with as well as Celebrate Recovery. I just happen to have a Celebrate Recovery worksheet in front of me here. There are five columns. The first one is the person. Who is the object of my resentment or fear? Mm-hmm. The second is the cause. What specific action did that person take that hurt me? The third is the effect. What effect did that action have on my life? The fourth column is the damage. What damage did that action do to my basic social security and or sexual instincts? And then five, what what part did I play in it? That's and, important, uh, too. And you yeah. have to be so utterly honest. And it's, yeah. um, you know, and it takes a long time for it to really go through each person that was in your life and write about them. Again, not just the negatives about them, but also some positives. And also, if you're looking right. to see exactly how that works, too, and, and Jerry, um, Jerry uh, Tommy's broken it down really well, but in, in the first 164 pages of the big book, it breaks down all the steps, and it does the fourth step really well. In fact, it'll show a chart very similar to the way uh, Tommy's looking at it right now. So, Jerry, did you have another question? Or did that answer well, it's, it's uh, just kind of a personal question for, for Tommy. I would just uh, wanted to ask him if Kenneth Baptiste is still <laughs> at the mission. Uh, he's not. Uh, I saw him uh, about three months ago, I guess. Uh, his wife is with Harris Health, and we see her more frequently than we see him. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah. He's do- he's doing all right, though. Huh? He yeah, he was doing fine when I saw him. Yep. Okay. Praise well, all right. Thank you all. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, thanks for calling, Jerry. Right. You all know, right. Tommy, we were at the end there. I, I want to go through this one more time, if you don't mind. Tell us the holistic. Each of the each of the components of the program there at the mission. Yeah. So if we were to take it um, uh, in in kind of the order of of the of the importance of each part uh, part of the program, uh, I kind of talk about the uh, the uh, uh, smart recovery, which is the evidence based part of the program. To be, uh, let's say it's it's forty percent of our program. Uh, the spiritual part is, you know, between 30 and 40 percent of the program. And then the academic part is the rest. Uh, so, you you know, we also, in that period of time of going through the program, we have 
fitness, we have nutrition, we have uh, the social services part of it, and then at the end of the program is when we do the career guidance and um, and transitional living piece. And these guys start each day at 6 a.m. in the chapel, and, and you keep them busy until when? Yeah, at 8.30 uh, is when the last class is over. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, That's a full day. Yeah. You know, and that, that just puts them on a path where they can show how productive they It's amazing how much you can do in a day. If you, Talk you, about you, getting you, your mind you, off you, your past. Your whole day is busy you, with the future. Well, you, you know, you, you have to, and then yeah. you have to engage this. We, we've got another call here. We've got Lyle B. on line three. Uh, Lyle, how are you tonight? Hey, how you doing, guys? Appreciate your great show. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Where are you calling from? Yes, I, I'm actually calling from, uh, coming from Cypress, Texas. Cool, cool. Yes, and I was on my way home with my father listening to the show, and we thought it was very interesting. And uh, uh, we're familiar with the Open Door Mission, and I just have a you know a question for Tommy. Uh, Go ahead. One of the things that I heard, and, uh, and I appreciate your service as well, uh, Brother Tommy, and uh, one of the things I heard uh, in your story is that as you were working for uh, Maine, uh oh, <laughs> and uh, you cut out there, loud. Repeat that. Your cell phone uh, cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. yeah. Just go ahead and repeat what you said. Yes. Uh, uh, one of the things in your quest, you said uh, when you were working for Main Street Ministries that you were comfortable uh, where you were at. Uh, what was it about Open Door Mission? And you did you did mention that they were very. Um, uh, persistent, very consistent in scouting you. But what was the what was the thing that uh, I guess when you heard God's voice to say this is the open door mission is where you need to be, even though you're comfortable where you're at. What this is where I want you to be. What was the one thing that you would say when you that you heard and you're calling from God that the open door mission is where you need to be? Let, let me restate that real quickly for our Facebook watchers. Lyle's asking what was the one thing that you were comfortable at First Presbyterian, doing a good job, happy with your work. Being productive, what was the one thing that God nudged your heart and took you over to the mission? Yeah, it's a great question, um, and it's and and I know exactly the answer to it because uh, what we were doing at Main Street uh, Ministries was we would see somebody you know once, and then maybe we wouldn't see that person again until a week later, a month later, six months later, and the uh. the thing was we could never make any real progress with that person. Uh, you know, you have to, to build a relationship. You have to have communication, and that takes time. Uh, you got to build trust. You have to build all this, and and that can only happen in a setting like Open Door Mission. So I looked at it from a distance, and um, and I said, you know, I could really do so much more uh, to get to know these men. You know, and and we could have a hundred to hundred and fifty men on campus uh, in the time that I've been there. You know, and and I try my hardest to get to know every single man on that campus. Uh, you know, my job is is really to, you know, keep the place running and raise the funds. Uh, I'm not a clinician. We have uh, professional clinicians on staff. We have uh, three licensed chemical dependency counselors. We have an LPC, and we also have an LMSW. And uh, so they do the clinical work. They do the heavy lifting. Uh, but... For me, I want every man to know I may be the CEO, but I want them to know me, and I want to know them. Um, so that's that's why I made the shift. That's awesome. We are here with uh, uh, Lyle. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask, Tommy? No, that's great. I appreciate it. Well, no, thank I appreciate you. your story. 
enjoyed your testimony, and thank you guys for the great for a great show. And thank you for listening, sir. Check out our podcast, okay? Thank, thank you for calling yeah. in. We're here with uh, Tommy Thompson, who's uh, the CEO of the Open Door Mission, and uh, Tommy. Uh, the Open Door Mission takes in homeless men who are suffering from addiction and or mental illness, and uh, they transform their lives in a 7- to 10-month program. If you want to join the program tonight, you can call in at 1-800-808-5548. That's 1-800-808-5548. Tommy, that brought up something, what you just said about uh, all the staff members that you have on on, on campus, and you, you've got up to 150 men. You've got these men at the that are convalescing from Harris County. You've got you've got people that are being discharged from the psych units that you're taking care of. How do you fund all this? Right. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I write a lot of grants, and uh, so I rely on uh, private foundations and thank goodness for them. Uh, they've supported the mission for many, many years. It's, um, it's part of my job is to find uh, new foundations to believe in us. Uh, churches are, are, are huge. So breaking it down, actually, individuals provide 50 percent of our uh, of our income and wow. uh, foundations provide 22 percent. Our, our board uh, either gives or gets 15 percent, which is huge uh, for a board. And um, and then uh, churches are at eight uh, percent. We have a catering business that uh, brings in some funds. Uh, we haven't had any business since COVID, but uh, yeah. we hope that this will come back again. But yeah, the the funding is uh, we, we our budget is uh, two point two million dollars a year, and uh, uh, it's a job to to make it make it work. Uh, but we have, uh, like I said, the, this is our sixty fifth year of being in business and uh we're still you know striving uh, praise the lord <laughs> right. uh, you know one thing i didn't hear there is i didn't hear any government no we don't now now this is what's kind of kind of weird um uh, i was in the leasing business all my life i was leasing rail cars or i was leasing tank space well it's in my blood so i've leased space at the mission to the harris center for mental health and I've leased some space there for uh, to Harris Health, and I just feel that again. Here's just another uh, thing that God did in preparing me to be at Open Door Mission was to teach me how to be in the leasing business. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. and then you, with Harris Health, that's kind of a new program. What are you right. doing there? Yeah. So, so keep in mind that that is a government entity, as right. as is Harris Health, but they pay us. A lease rate, you right. know, it's they pay a, us rent. It's so it's not. I don't have to write a grant to the government. It's a which business is, relationship. It's a business relationship. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the uh, so the Harris Center uh, just uh, came in with us uh, in uh, March or April, I guess it was, and uh, they now have sixteen men in the program. These are men that have been discharged from their hospitals or other psychiatric hospitals in town that need they, they need to make room in their hospital for people that are coming into the hospital and these are men that are being discharged and when you get discharged from one of those hospitals you get discharged with 7 day supply of medication and a 30 day prescription and for a homeless person or someone that doesn't have a lot of structure in his life uh, those prescriptions usually don't get filled and so they're right back at the hospital's uh, emergency rooms uh, in a month, two months, whatever. So uh, we have 
become a gap filler by having this uh, these beds available so they can continue to have medication adherence observation. And watching these men, can, making sure they take their medications, if the medication's not right, they can make it right uh, while they're with us. And, uh, and they educate the men on how important it is to take your medications. Because if you take your medications, you can become functional. If you're functional, you can have a job. And, uh, and so we've done this with men, many men in our program that have co-occurring disorders, both mental health and uh, substance abuse. And uh, with that, they've uh, gone to work at great jobs. Um, until the COVID, we had a wonderful relationship, and I know it's going to uh, come back uh, once, uh, probably not till 2021, but it was at the Marriott Marquis Hotel downtown. And a couple weeks ago, uh, one of our graduates, uh, Ricky, was the first one that got uh, hired at the Marriott Marquis. Uh, but the mar- that that hotel is pretty much closed down at the moment, so it probably won't get much activity again until conventions decide that uh, meeting in big groups is uh, something that can happen. That we we interviewed him. One yeah, night. right. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, had him on. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, but the, and so that's your constituency is 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 you know we've got a problem in this country with 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 homeless people, and rather than just. Uh, you know, throw them out there or try to put them in housing without any any way to support themselves. Let's 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 get to the root of it and transform their lives through Jesus Christ. So the way uh, the country addresses the homeless is that they want to put them into housing first. Yeah. And uh, housing first was established in 1954 in Los Angeles of all places. And look at Los Angeles. I don't oh, mean wow. during all this protest and stuff, no, but I'm talking before, about yeah. the homelessness. Yeah. And so it is totally ineffective. Uh, in Houston, pro- housing first is probably one of the better communities where it, it can work. Uh, my, uh, I'm going to call it an argument, uh, but the thing is they understand exactly where I'm coming from is that treatment needs to come first and then housing. Mm. And so we're actually doing that at the mission right now. I'm in conversations with the county, and the county is looking for a place where they can have um, uh, mental, medical, and substance abuse all going on at one place. And as I tell them, I said, it's happening at Open Door Mission. Why don't you use us as a model uh, for a much larger type facility or or other facilities in this area uh, that are of the same size that we are. Uh, it's the, the ideal thing about Open Door is that I call it a boutique. And, uh, uh, you know, you, as opposed to some of the other um, uh, homeless shelters that are in town that are can be much, much larger than we are. Uh, we, in our size, with 175 beds, we can actually accommodate and progress someone through our entire program that they are homeless when they come in the front door. And when they leave at the end of this period of time, they are employed, taxpaying, sober citizens. Amen. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the remarkable thing from my perspective is, as I've gotten to know some of these men, is they all understand, accept, and glorify what God has done in their lives. Yeah. And it is just amazing. Cause you know, we, we can't, we, without God, I can't do it. Of course, God won't without me. So I, I gotta be willing, but, but, uh, but without God, we can't. 
Um, how, speaking of COVID-19, how has the mission fared during, with this COVID-19 right. thing? So uh, <clears throat> one of our men uh, came down with, uh, with it. Um, it was uh, on uh, March the 15th. Uh, he was sent to the hospital. He came out a week later and came back to the mission. Uh, I, you know, praise God that not a, no one else has been uh, diagnosed with it uh, since then. Uh, we, on Thursday, Harris Health uh, tested t- uh, 20, I think it was 26 of our men and uh, I have not heard the results of that. They were supposed to be, if we had any negatives or positives, I'm sorry, if we had any positives, we should have heard today that we had positives. So I'm hoping and praying that we don't, didn't have any. Uh, they're going to be back on Tuesday to test uh, the rest of our men and staff. And we are going to open the doors to I think five or six men on Tuesday morning, they Praise will God. also be tested. And then on Thursday, they'll be back to test the uh, Harris Center uh, clients. Are so, you, you going to quarantine the guys that come in until the test results come back? Yeah, so every man that comes into the into the program is quarantined for three days regardless. And so, and that's... Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah so... so in, so we will have the results back before we move them into general population. So smart. Yeah. yeah. I got. I wanted to cover two more yeah, areas, yeah, yeah. and then I want to pray, because I just heard that a friend of mine just sent me a message that I-35 is closed down in Austin because of protests and that something's going on in Houston. So I want to end this program with a mm-hmm. prayer. But I want two more areas. Uh, one, you just had a graduation, six, six guys. Yeah. yeah, so last Tuesday we graduated six men. Um, I've actually in a way, hired two of them. Uh, they're going to be contract working for us. One man has some marketing experience. The other man um, uh, is going to be in our education department. So I'm very excited about Praise that. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. <laughs> no, it's very... <laughs> that's so I, cool. I, we have hired and, a bunch I, of guys. Yeah, and I know a guy that's working there that, that yeah. I've become friends with, as you know. So, uh, and then secondly, how can people help if they're out there listening? Sure. Uh, yeah, please go to our website at uh, www.opendoorhouston.org. Uh, you can learn a lot more about us there. Um, uh, when we get back up and running, we're going to have uh, a Lunch with a Mission back, uh, which is a open house the second Thursday of every month. And um, In June? or wait in, until July? Uh, No, it's not going to be in June. We're hoping, it would be wonderful if we could do it in July. But, uh, I'll be there if it's in July. You're right. But and just you know, follow the website and, uh, because it'll tell you know, what the schedule we have. Give, the, give that website one more time. Yeah, it's opendoorhouston.org. Opendoorhouston.org. Well, I'd encourage anybody that's out there to help financially, to help with your time. There's a mentorship program there where people come in one day a week and mentor a man. That can be a man or a woman who comes in and mentors. We need volunteers. You know, we we love volunteers. They they really help us. All right. Well, let's let's close in in prayer. Father God, we just uh, we thank you for our, our brother Tommy Thompson, and we lift him up and everybody at the open door, and we're so proud. And I know you're so proud of the men that are going through that program, and it's just wonderful. And and the the way that you, Father, are changing lives, and as they gain a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's just wonderful. Father, we pray for our nation, we pray for our state, we pray for. Uh, 
all the people out there there we just pray that the the people we understand why they're upset you understand why they're upset but let's keep it peaceful and people be careful out there stay safe from this covid 19 uh, father send a hedge of protection for your church and uh, father god soften people's hearts that are out there this violence has no place you are a god of love and let's show your love we'll be opening our doors at, at new covenant church greater heights uh june 28th uh, we'll be going back into services at 240 West 18th Street. Uh, we welcome anybody in recovery, anybody that's struggling. We will love you without judgment, and we'll show you the one that can set you free. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Great Thanks, show, Tommy. Tommy. Great show, Tommy. Everybody Thanks remember to check out our podcast, Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. Check them out. Download them. See you next week. <laughs>